I don't like this glare. All right, welcome to Wake Up, uh, lead, your leadership podcast. Um, this is the Value Podcast. I'm Nate Epstein. I'm here with my friend Winston Delk. Um, I've known Winston for for a very, very, very long time, but I'll I'll let him speak to that also. But Winston, welcome, welcome to the pod. Thank you, Nate, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, no problem. Um, I guess let's just let's just jump right into it. Um, I guess just give a little bit of your recent backstory, where you went to college, um, the stuff that you've been doing since then, and then I'm sure you'll get into how you hustle in your own right, because I know you're a hustler and I know you got a lot to say, um, especially to student entrepreneurs about the importance of, of hustling and, and making connections and networking. So, Definitely, yeah, I appreciate that intro. I just graduated from Case Western Reserve University in May on Zoom. Um, it's out here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, and then I, I got a job at KeyBank um, doing risk management uh, since since graduating with a degree in finance, and now I'm, uh, you know, kind of in a transition phase. We were planning to move out here uh, sooner, but I, I just moved back out to Cleveland, um, and I have been involved with photography and basketball throughout um, college. I, I played. I started out as a walk-on for the Case Western team, which was Division Three. Um, and once I finished my playing days in my sophomore year, I just naturally fell into a passion for photography and, and sports photography. I think that, um, you know, if I could maybe try to reflect and understand how I fell into it, I, I was a walk-on, so I didn't really play that much. Um, and I remember thinking like, you know, it would have been great if I had like a little bit more, uh, you know, photographic documentation of my my playing days. I felt like I had great memories, one of the best experiences of my life, to be honest. But, you know, I have a lot of memories in my head, but I, I it's, it's always nice to you know, have pictures. And so I felt like that was motivation for me to I had still had a lot of friends that play sports, like just to get back out there and like try to get them pictures because at least in division three, you know, we're not, we don't have like crazy large games or crowds. Um, we're not on TV. Like, so there, there's not as many people that are even interested in like taking pictures, right. Unless it's for like the website or, you know, if you score like 30 points, which like I never fall into those categories. So, um, and a lot of people don't, you know, so for me, it was like, let me just fill this void for my friends starting out, you know, just my, my boys on the team, uh, my brothers and, you know, any of the other, I was friends with all the women's team and everything. So it just started out like that. And then I realized like, this would be kind of cool to go to other games and other sports and maybe I'd be interested in working for the newspaper and um, it kind of just, kind of just uh, builded from there. Um, it was all built from there. And, uh, you know, now I'm have my own little. Uh, I'm incorporating, and I have an LLC. Uh, so, it's it's been a very interesting and and rewarding kind of journey so far. Yeah, no doubt. Um, would you say like 
just in what I, what I get from that is one of the main things is just how important it is um, in thinking about being an entrepreneur and thinking about, um, you know, what, what, you know, whether it's a startup or a brand, like, like your photography stuff or whatever it might be. I think it's important to the first place, or at least I've looked also, and I think you would probably agree with this, but we'll find out is that um, it's important to leverage your own interests and what you actually care about and then figure out a way um, to kind of monetize that or to, or to, you know, try to make that a part of your identity as, as a startup founder, as a brand builder. Um, because I think that's where the most, the most impact is going to be made. Right. hundred percent. It, if you want to be successful, the way that you start is, I don't want to waste, I don't want to say the way that you start is everything, but yeah. at least there has to be some common, what I've noticed with entrepreneurs is the commonality in the beginning is like, you're not in it for the money and you're really, you just see something like a market for something, or you find a way to add value in some way. And that's like the whole objective right there. It's like, okay, people want, for example, pictures of themselves when they're athletes. Like yeah. that's something that there people, that's something that will remain true for the rest of eternity. Like people always want that. And so, I just noticed that from in my school, there wasn't a lot of people that were providing that service. And so for me, I just found myself in a position where, you know, there's an opportunity for me to fill that void. And um, that was all it was in the beginning. It was literally just, I'm sure that people would love this and I have the capacity to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I just, it builds kind of organically from there. And, you know, I, I was able to leverage talking to you and getting inspired by you and your hustle and things like that. And I met other people that are into photography. And when I joined the newspaper, they're like, Hey, you should think about doing this type of project. You should think about, you know, not just sports, but maybe portrait and stuff like that, you know, senior graduation pictures coming up. And, you know, I just, what had started as just one small thing, like you're saying, just kind of grew um, based off of an initial interest to do something. Do you think you were like when you first started uh, the photography stuff, do you think you were, do you think some people judged you? Do you think it was, you got some, some, some harsh looks or do you think everybody was kind of unanimous? Just like, yeah, like do whatever, you know, great props to you. Let's see if it works out. Uh, actually, that's a good question because it's probably a little bit of both mm. for my friends, you know, my real friends that, you know, I really confide in and trust, like it was 100 percent support. And um, it was kind of like everything that I did, they were like they're there clapping and cheering and kind of I would say that that's that's important. But it also is important not to let that get to your head because you know, my family and my close friends are going to support like whatever I do. And so sometimes like the quality of my work wasn't that good in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they would still cheer for me, which was helpful. But, you know, the critics um, definitely, I definitely had critics, you know, and like people would, I would overhear people saying like, you know, does he think that those pictures are good or, you know, just little things like that in the very beginning that were very like, uh what's the i think it's called the imposter syndrome yeah uh, where you kind of just are like man i don't 
you know, maybe there's some validity to what the critics are saying. Maybe I'm really not cut out for this. But uh, for me, it was what kept me going was like, I don't necessarily care. And my friends that were playing on the team, like there was literally no one that was taking pictures of them um, unless like it was like a special night or something like that. So really anything was better than nothing. And that took a lot of pressure off the table for me. I mean, I guess I'm lucky for that reason. Like maybe if there was, if there was like other photographers at every game and I was trying to break my way in, you know, the barriers to entry were, would have been a little bit more, cost a little bit more pressure, you know, but, um, you know, I guess I still kind of get that, right? Like as I'm leveling up, like I'm entering new networks of photographers. And so I'm always kind of, comparing my work to other people's work and you know vice versa yeah no sure i think the imposter syndrome is something really you know interesting i think to talk about for any entrepreneur especially like in our class uh we talk about you know these like how to be an entrepreneur but also how to be a virtuous entrepreneur and you know how how important it is to 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 look up to certain people and to have different virtue virtues and characteristics, um, specifically like courage, right? I think it requires a significant amount of courage. You know, everybody talks around the word words like courage and, and you know, all those, you know, frill, frivolous words. Um, I think, especially for any student, any young um, kid who's looking to, to be an entrepreneur and especially looking to do it um, in a way that's not necessarily, um, you know, hot right now, right? Like you starting photography stuff, me with sports or, you know, countless other examples, I think some people kind of discount it because it's not um, because it might not be like tech oriented, right? Like you, like being a young person right now and saying, Oh, I'm going to go make an app. You know, everybody's kind of like, Oh, like you must, you know, definitely be in the know. You'd must definitely like code. You must definitely do that. Like that's respectable. Like I like that. But you know, I feel like sometimes where it's like, Hey, I want to start my own sports agency. Some people are like, what's that? I'm sure for you, you know, some people you're like, Hey, I'm going to start my own photography business. Like, uh, okay. You know, I feel like it's, as as new like industries and fields emerge i feel like some those have become almost more mainstream than like these other other things right like i think like you know like kids who you know want to start a restaurant or they want to be a chef like you know some like they're like "Eh, all right you know what i mean but why like why it's like that stuff is so historically mainstream it's just right now it just doesn't seem you know as as um appealing i guess the outside world and maybe that's a generational thing that's so funny you say that. It's it's so true. And in more than historically mainstream, but like it's literally tradition, you yeah. know, to be I, I mean it's 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 something that's foundational to the society that we've always lived in. So um I was just talking about this actually earlier today with my family about um how much life has changed. Mm-hmm. Um and especially like reflecting on my own life, especially from the years. 2005 to 2015, for example, that's like one, I know that's not like a technical decade in terms of 2000, 2010, but like those 10 years were probably like the most rapid, I mean, maybe not the most, I don't know about the industrial revolution and stuff like that, but (laughs) the most rapid amount of technological advancements in human history, I would definitely argue that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for us, that was like our pu- puberty through young adulthood phases where like there's so many changes going on with us and 
I don't know, we've become so normalized to like adapting to things that are like way different than they were like just the year before. And we just think it's like normal um, when, I mean, honestly, I would argue that it's just not normal. Like the past 15 years, just everything that we've experienced is just like, it's not normal for things to move this fast. And I think that it's hard to really at our age, like press, press pause on life and like sit back and really like analyze like what the hell just happened the past 15 years, right? But like, we're so just, like I said, normalized to, oh yeah, that's just how it is. Oh yeah, you know, like, it's so funny that even you and I can sit here and we're not older, a day older than 22 or 23, you know, but like we can sit here and say when we were growing up in middle school, people didn't have iPhones. Yeah. That's like, that's a factual statement that like, you know, Snapchat and stuff like that didn't even exist when we were in middle school, which is, you know, that's just how, that's just a small example of how crazy things have changed. And now it's just normal, you know, and that's just very something that I think people don't, that's like the important backdrop for all of these trends that we're seeing um, like come and go and, and rise and fall. Like that's, you kind of can't look at it and isolate it from these technological advancements that we've seen in the past 10 years, you know? Yeah, I think that's a lot. It's a very good point. I think something I talk about a lot is like we're, I feel like in a lot of ways, our generation, like 22, 23 year olds, um, you know, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, give or take. But I think we're the last like bridge generation, if that makes sense. Like we're like, I see like little cousins or like when we're about to eat like the family pre, pre-COVID, obviously. But I'll see like, you know, little kids like on iPads at dinner, right? And you'll see little kids like, you know, all the crazy stuff. And we, you know, we obviously had probably a lot more technology than, than definitely our parents and, and definitely a lot of, um, you know, kids before us. Like, you know, like yeah, we're, we're the last generation. We're, you know, we're the, one of the only people I think who could say like, yeah, like I used to plug in like a VCR and like, you know, my parents, we would put on stuff like that, but also, you know, I had the first iPhone and like, I, I saw the iPhone like develop and things like that. Yes. Uh, and I think we have like a weird, I don't know if it's weird is not the right word, but I think it's, it gives kids our age or men our age or women our age a different outlook, I think, because it's, yes. we see the importance of technology and obviously we use it better than our parents. And, and even I use technology better than my older brothers who are, you know, only five or six years older than me. Right. But it's not everything. It's not, it's not everything. I think, especially- older older people like to th- like to look at kids like oh you're obsessed with technology you know you're always on the the twitter and you're always on you're always facebooking and instagram and things like that well we obviously we are um but i think we recognize that like social media is at least mature and and i think and, and people who have a good outlook on this i think at least i've i think i realize or i'm trying to realize more and more every day is that yeah. social media is nothing but a tool um and I think that's that's the most important thing to realize. And then when it starts to become more than a tool, when it starts to become a, a crutch, that's when it becomes dangerous. Um, and that's what I just trying to realize is that, especially for an entrepreneur, as long as you look at social media as a tool, um, it's it's it can be an effective thing for anybody. Hundred percent. So, um, I guess along with that, like since we established how 
and how much of a, an interesting spot we are as a, as a, as a generation, especially as entrepreneurs, what have you, I guess, what would your advice be to any, any kids our age or anyone, um, you know, in the same generation bracket, who's having to grapple with all this and how they could, you know, find their own path entrepreneurially. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's along the lines of what we just talked about. Um, first and foremost, you know, finding something that, um, you find you take interest in and maybe you don't take interest in the particular service or product but at least you take interest in in filling a void or something like that um that's like first and foremost and then kind of what you just said just using technology to your advantage and um of course like like we talk about um photography and um sports agency they're all very historically mainstream uh industries and routes that you can kind of step into but there's new mediums and new platforms that we use to navigate these industries and so you know take the time to learn um how to use them how to utilize them how to build them how to refine them you know get certified in like Google Analytics or learn how to code, um, you know, th like things like that will always kind of be, uh, I don't know if the correct phrase is like utility mm. skills, you know, but things that will always be necessary. And um, yeah, you know, just use what you know with the technology that is continuing to come out. Um, obviously things like sports photography has always been a thing. That's how we can look at, you know, I, I can look at my grandfather's um, track photos when he was at the University of Detroit in 1950 something, you know, but now we have Instagram where like, if you want to find the best sports photographers, like they will all be there, mm. you know, so it's like figuring out how to transfer your content onto these different platforms or figuring out your target audience, what, what platforms do they use? Are they on Instagram or are they on Twitter? Are they on Facebook or are they on uh, TikTok, you know, and just using what you know as like a person who's grown up around this stuff. And it even feels weird to say that we've grown up around it because things like TikTok was like, I, we didn't grow up with that. Um, <laughs> I, regret, I, I spent too much time on TikTok, to be honest. <laughs> I, I never got an account. Um, yeah, but I see it on Twitter and stuff. There's a, probably a lot of my information out there from, from TikTok that doesn't need to you know, <laughs> is what it yeah. is. I guess I would be, I want to make sure I ask you about like a lot of what we focus on is again, like these, these virtues and things like that. I know how involved you are like philanthropically and how important that's going to be for you. And mm -hmm. uh, I guess you would say like the limited success you've had just because I know how, how hungry you are and how much you want to do with this. Um, but how are you making that a priority? Like how, um, how are you making your priority to, to be philanthropic with, no matter where you take this and, and what, what virtues would you say would be most, ha has proven to be most important for you and what are you still trying to, to cultivate um, as you grow and scale this? That's a good question and um, really thoughtful one. Uh, I can't speak to a specific, like put a word on a virtue, but I mean, again, for me, it's always, always just about adding value to people's lives um, and 
that's applicable to any industry. But for me, um, like one of the ways that I try to be philanthropic as I'm not making as much money right now to actually be like philanthropic in that real true sense of the word economically. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll try to go to games or um, go to like certain neighborhoods, right, where like there are no photographers, where like there's kids that can really play um, or, you know, just even going to like events. Uh, I, I went to an event last year at the this community college out here in Cleveland, and um, it was for high school and middle school students. And uh, it was like all the Cleveland Metro school districts were here. And so I went, took pictures and was able to get one of my pictures used in the newspaper at the for the event. And then that way it's like, I'm actually, by going and documenting this and working for a newspaper, I'm able to actually share a story that would otherwise not be told um, just because I have the means to get there and to give them exposure working for a news outlet Um, or even just back home, you know, in West Windsor, um, whenever I would go play basketball at the park, I just started bringing my camera with me and taking pictures and all the kids out there, like in middle school or, um, you know, early high school and stuff like that. And, you know, they're always like, Hey, can you take a picture of me? And, you know, I just, I'll just do it, you know, not, not charging people just so that, you know, kids have something to hold on to, like things like that. It's not, it's not money and it's not a donation, but in a sense, it's just something that, um, you know, is valuable to them. And that's, that helps me, you know, get better too. It's like, let me just see if they like it. You know, I won't charge them, but like, let me see, do they actually like this picture? Is this a picture that they would like change their profile picture for or post it in something. And then when I see people like doing that and posting and resharing stuff, then I'm like, okay, they clearly have um, a connection to it and they take interest in it and they value like this picture. So to me, that's like a reward in itself, you know? Yeah. I think to me, that sounds a lot like, um, you know, I think a combination of, of generosity and gratitude, the, the double G's, I guess we could say, just because like, yeah, the, the, most, uh, the most important thing, at least I think, is that, you know, what I'm learning is, is time is really our most valuable assets, no matter what, whatever we do, right? Um, especially like you as, as you know, an on, a young entrepreneur trying to juggle a lot of things, a lot of side hustles, like your time is valuable. So if you're, you know, committing it to you know even just kids playing at a park and you're providing them a service obviously for free right now um you know you're donating a significant amount of your time um but i think it's also gratitude because i think you also recognize like hey i was i'm literally you know i was literally in the same shoes literally as these kids um you know just a number of years ago and, and who am i to say like oh i'm too good to to do this right now because i think yeah, you know, that's facts Obviously, like hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think you know. I think you always be the kind of kid, like say, even you take this photography, you know, brand to the moon. I think you'll always be at like the community park shooting, shooting kids for you know for free whenever, whenever you're back in town. So I think that's, I think that's a lot of you know gratitude. I think because a lot of that, you know, not necessarily the same individuals, but that same environment obviously played a played a role and was a catalyst into into where we where to where we get to, um, you know, later on in life. So. Double G's. I like it. Yeah. You can take that one in the bank. You can take that one. Got you. Um, All right, my guy. Well, I appreciate it.
Um, thanks for coming on the pod. And again, this is the uh, this is the value podcast, waking up your leadership um, with the Wake Forest entrepreneurship students. Um, this was my guy Winston Delk. And, and Winston, do you have any last words for the for our audience members? No, no, Nate. Uh, thank you so much, man. You know, it's love. Uh, you, you, you're speaking a lot of insight and wisdom. Uh, I appreciate that. And, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, I can tune in for the next one whenever your, your podcast continues because it's going to blow up. Yeah, for sure, my guy. All right. I appreciate it. No doubt. Talk to you soon.